Fox Footy's Riley Beveridge outlines the key takeaways from the JLT series so far, two weeks deep. It's Monday, the 5th of March. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you for tuning in. Riley Beveridge will join us in a moment. Uh, And I've just produced the Fox Football podcast as well that the boys were in for yet another week. Simon Hill, Adam Peacock, Daniel Garb talking all the big football headlines right across the globe. Make sure you go and check that one out. That's the Fox Football podcast. Uh, Yeah, another big weekend. Of course, we're almost 1-0 up in the... uh, in the test tour in South Africa. So we're looking forward to wrapping that up uh, this evening, fingers crossed. Uh, and let's do some other headlines from around the grounds. Kicking off with NRL, the Roosters are set to be boosted by the inclusion of star half Luke Keary for its round one showdown. They've got the Tigers this Sunday. And we've got pretty much all the Round 1 teams up on the website, of course. They'll be made official Tuesday afternoon, and we'll be live blogging that all day. Uh, Teams normally drop at about 4pm. We'll have those updates on the website. In cricket, as I mentioned, the Aussies, they're on the brink of a 1-0 series lead in South Africa. And up on site now, Dave Warner, he's been caught on camera hurling abuse at South African keeper Quinton de Kock as they made their way back into their respective change rooms. Videos on the website, and I'm sure as the day progresses, we'll find out exactly what happened there in football. Manchester City has extended its lead at the top of the Premier League. Um, they beat Chelsea, I might add, uh, and in other results, Brighton have embarrassed Arsenal 2-1. The Gunners haven't won in over a month now, which is just astonishing. Uh, And plus, senior AFL reporter Tom Morris has revealed pre-game rule changes stopping players from pre-game on-ground warm-ups, essentially. Um, For more on that, head to the AFL section of the website. And to chat more about the AFL in general as we build up to the season and JLT Weekend number two, which is done and dusted in the books now. Riley Beveridge from Fox Footy down in Melbourne joins me. Welcome to the Splash, Riley. G'day, Phil. How are you, mate? I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, you must be uh, a little bit fatigued. You've been working all weekend uh, covering uh, the footy for us. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's, it's been good, though, because I think the fact that we've only got two full-length pre-season games now as opposed to three last year means clubs are taking it a bit more seriously. Um, I had Melbourne tell me just before uh, just before the season, Craig Jennings, Melbourne assistant coach, said at the AFLX press conference a couple of weeks ago that, that they take 20, their best 24 into the first week of pre-season and then their best 23 into the second week of pre-season. So yeah, okay. that goes to show that the clubs are sort of now sensing the fact that there are only two games. They're, they're taking it a lot more seriously than what they perhaps did in the past. So, so that's pretty good, and, uh, and we've seen some pretty good footy over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, you've written about a number of teams on the Fox Sports website, uh, particularly the, the Western Bulldogs. Premiers mm-hmm. two years ago... Uh, they pretty much missed out altogether last year. They had a, a pretty horrendous season. 
then they lose Bob Murphy uh, and Matthew Boyd from that back line. Um, how are they looking to, first of all, bounce back and, and get back into the top eight where they belong, looking at their list and their coach and everything else? How do they bounce back and how do they replace those two stars? Well, it's interesting because you say how do they replace those two stars, but, but the biggest concern for the, for the Dogs last year was probably their forward line. They scored the fourth fewest points in the competition across the year. Then they lost Jake Stringer, who's been their leading goal kicker for the past four or five years. So they've definitely got some plugs to fill inside 50. We saw them try a couple of different things on Saturday against Hawthorne. The main one being Captain Easton Wood playing in the forward line. He sort of forged a career as a defender and has, has been re- become renowned as one of the best intercept defenders in the competition. He yeah. moved forward and showed some good signs. We saw Josh Dunkley play forward as well and kick three goals. So he looked really good. Looks like they're going to play a lot smaller in their forward line. Josh Shackey and Tom Boyd uh, were the, the two key position options. Options We saw Shackey only play a half on uh, on Saturday and Boyd missed altogether. So they're going to take a bit more time. So it looks like in the, in the immediate term, they're going to they're going to try a few different things out while they wait for those two young players to develop. Down back, replacing uh, replacing those two veterans that you mentioned before. Obviously, they recruited Hayden Crozier, who's a really classy ball mover from Fremantle. He showed some good signs across half back. Aaron Norton played really well. He was their pick nine last year. He was one mm-hmm. of the best intercept defenders in, in junior footy, and he took, I think, five marks and a couple of really strong intercept marks on the weekend. So he looks another good type. So they do have a variety of options across the board. It's just trying to fit them together, and Luke Beveridge looks like he's not going to be afraid to experiment this year as they try and get back into the finals and, and, and challenge for a premiership again. Okay, you mentioned Norton. Let's take this chat more general now. Uh which rookies right across the board, first-year players or even uh, young youngsters that haven't really had a crack at senior level yet, um, who have uh, been impressing over the, the, the last fortnight? Well, the, the games I really look out for was last Wednesday night at Princess Park when Carlton took on St Kilda. Uh, both of these sides had two top 10 draft picks last year and they, they blooded both of them. Carlton played Paddy Dow and Lockie O'Brien. Paddy Dow's the one that's really got Blues fans excited. He was mm. taken on pick three last year. The, the sort of, the comparison that was drawn a lot last year, and obviously you don't want to make it too early, but it was, it was with Patrick Dangerfield because he's got that burst and acceleration from the stoppage. He can really put on, uh, five or ten, across five or ten yards, he can really put space between him and his opponent. And he showed that, uh, few occasions on Wednesday night and looked really exciting. He also went forward and kicked a couple of goals, which was good. Uh, St Kilda debuted uh, Nick Coffield and Lockie Hunter, Lockie Clark, sorry, who were both uh, both top ten draft picks as well, and they both showed some good signs. Coffield played across half back and finished with twenty odd touches, and, and Clark went forward and uh, and kicked kicked a couple of goals. So um, look, they both look really likely types as well. So um, that was the, certainly the game. But across the board, there's been a number of of youngsters taking their opportunity, and and it looked. Set to be a really good season because I think we'll see the likes of Cam Rayner, who was taken at pick one, uh, sort of blooded early on in the year. Yeah. Uh, as for the Sydney Swans, they're a team which don't normally win preseason games. Uh, that's uh, they they clearly uh, they they warm up slowly, which we saw last year, and and uh, and they generally just just trial things across the JLT. But uh, they were too strong for for Brisbane last week, and. Um, and coach John Longmire has come out saying that he doesn't feel like last year was a wasted year, despite only reaching the second week 
uh, of the finals. Um, is there anything different that you've you've noticed from Sydney across uh, the last fortnight? Yeah, it was an interesting chat with John Longmire that, that at halftime of City's game on the weekend, and he sort of said, despite the fact they started 0 and 6 in the year, they had a heap of injuries. Even though this this list is sort of at its peak, he didn't think it was a wasted year, and that was mainly because he said they got so much mm. so much footy into young players. They yeah. de- they debuted six players towards the start of the year. A lot of them came out really really strongly as well. I think Ollie Ollie Florent and Will Haywood would be better for the run. Nick Newman looks a really likely type, and Robbie Fox is is one that's really interesting. He is a mid mature age recruit, as, played as a midfielder in the VFL with Coburg. He was given his chance on Sydney's list. Played three games last year, but couldn't really establish himself in the side. Over the summer, he's been moulded into a, into a halfback, a running halfback, and he got twenty odd touches on the weekend and looked really comfortable in that position. So he's one that's sort of going to make his make his claim for a more regular place in the side next season. So that's why Longmire didn't think it was a wasted year because they've unearthed players like Fox like Newman, like Florent, like Haywood, as we just mentioned, mm. who are going to be the, the sort of bedrock of this Sydney team over the next decade. And, and they certainly showed more good signs on Saturday in that victory against Brisbane. Uh, let's talk. Let's move from Sydney to Melbourne. Uh, a couple of the teams which, personally, I'm really struggling to gauge how they might go in season 2018. A couple of big clubs coming out of the MCG, Collingwood and Hawthorne, one one appears to be, um, you know, f- sort of firmly in a, in a rebuild now, being the Hawks, of course, and Collingwood trying to take that next step. Um, and they have given Coach Nathan Buckley another opportunity to to be on board with that. Uh, how are you measuring their preseasons coming along, and and uh, and and how do you think these two giants of the competition are poised heading into season twenty eighteen? Yeah, they're both really interesting case studies. Hawthorne are trying to do a rebuild on the run. I mean, they're, they're playing younger players, but they're moving players around. We've seen Gunston and Sicily go back. They were brought up as forwards, and they've gone back the last couple of years. They've brought in young players, but they've also recruited A-grade talent like Jaeger O'Meara and, uh, and Tom Mitchell. So they're a really interesting side. They just missed the finals last year after a pretty disappointing start, but they're a team that I fully expect with Alistair Clarkson at the helm. To, to really challenge and push for a spot in the top eight this year. Uh, they didn't show a lot of good signs on Sunday in that loss to the Bulldogs, but as we said, it's still early in the season and, and they're still finding their feet. Um, but So they're a really interesting one. Collingwood, on the other hand, I just can't see a way in which they push for the finals. I just don't think their side is, has got the quality in depth at the moment. They've got a lot of young players mixed with a lot of A-graders, but even the A-graders are really struggling to... to, to, to to lead this side recently. We've seen Scott Penderbury's been been his normal consistent self, but the likes of Steel Sidebottom and Adam Trelaw have been used in different positions. I know Sidebottom was played forward a lot more on the weekend, which I really liked, but but they, they ended up getting thrashed by a pretty young giant side and, and they looked like they'd named a pretty strong squad initially. So I don't see where their improvement comes from. Their, their obvious weakness is their, is their ball use. They don't really have great kickers going inside 50. They don't really have a great forward line. I can't see a forward in that side unless Steel Sidebottom or, or Scott Pendlebury or someone like that spends 80% of their time inside 50. I can't see where their 40 or 50 goal a year goal kicker is going to come from. So mm. Darcy Moore, we know he's been moved into defence this year. Um, I personally would have persisted with him as a forward just because I think I don't really see the long-term value in him going back now at this stage of his career. But then again, there have been players who have, who have flourished as, as forwards, having been trialled as defenders earlier in their careers, blokes like like Matthew Pavlich and the like. So 
maybe they're, they're hoping that he can get a couple of years of development in him as a defender before before re-entering the Ford 50. But, but Nathan Buckley needs wins on the board, and I'm just not yeah. sure if they'll get enough this year. Okay. It's a curious case. I look forward to that one. Riley, are there any other clubs uh, that you're really concerned about heading heading into this season that uh, it might appear to be already a bit of a lost cause? Well, the interesting one was, was Gold Coast. I got to admit, I didn't really have high expectations for them this year, given the state of their list. Gary Ablett had just left, but they showed plenty yesterday against Geelong. They won big in Stuart Jew's first game in charge. They trialled a few different things. Their pressure was just unreal. The the forward pressure they generated was, was incredible. They tried with a much smaller forward line. I know Alex Sexton and Short Lemons and Darcy McPherson, blokes like that, were pushed inside 50 and really helped Tom Lynch. He's going to be one of the biggest stories throughout the year, given that he's probably the, the biggest free agent on the market. Um, he's a Victorian. He's got offers from Victoria, or he definitely will have offers from Victoria throughout the year. How Gold Coast keeps him looks one of the more tougher challenges throughout the season ahead. But but if they win games, he's going to stay there. So they need to start winning, and I think they showed great signs yesterday. And if they can push forward and get a couple more throughout the year, you never know. You never know. Riley Beveridge, uh, your insight is always spot on. Uh, that's why we love having you on the Splash. Thank you for taking the time today. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, I love his work. His grasp on the game is second to none. So thank you very much, Fox Footy's Riley Beveridge. Uh, and that'll do us on today's Splash. Uh, continue the conversation. If you've got any questions for me, at Phil underscore Pryor on Twitter. Uh, that'll do us today. That's a wrap.